Well, hi, everybody, and welcome to Anti-Bullying 101. This podcast is designed to create awareness about the bullying epidemic and provide teachers, administrators, parents, and even students information about the dangers of bullying and why we have to take a comprehensive approach when dealing with the problem. My name is Jim Burns. I'm your host. I'm a retired high school administrator with over 40 years of experience in education. Currently, I'm a college instructor, and I've designed the Bullyproof Classroom, a graduate course that provides my students with permanent help, not temporary relief, as they battle the bullying epidemic. Enjoyed the podcast, everybody. Anti-Bullying 101 is brought to you by Bark. Technology that keeps your kids safer online and in real life. You wouldn't give your kid a bike without a helmet and you wouldn't let them drive a car without wearing a seatbelt. So don't give them a smartphone, tablet, or laptop without the number one safety solution on the market. Bark. Bark monitors over 30 social media platforms including YouTube, text messages, email accounts, browser history, and more. That's four times more than any other child monitoring app. And Bark alerts you via text and email when your child has encountered problematic content. You'll get automatic alerts to signs of cyberbullying, depression, online predators, adult content, and more, along with the best recommended next steps for how to address. Trusted by over 1,900 school districts nationwide, Bark is absolutely free for schools and $9 per family per month. So use the tech solution created by parents for parents, and that keeps close to 5 million kids safer online. Visit www.bark.us now to start your free trial and see why parents and caregivers across the nation now have more peace of mind while letting their kids become responsible digital natives. That's www.bark, like a dog barks when a stranger approaches your house, .us. One more time, that's www.bark.us. Now, back to the show. I wrote the new three R's in education, Respect, Responsibility, and Relationships, 15 years ago. At the time, it was difficult for teachers, parents, and administrators to buy into this philosophy. With the events over the past many years, I believe that this book has more meaning now than ever. I'll be sharing chapters of this book during the next 10 episodes of Anti-Bullying 101 with commentary and ask that you take a good hard look at the state of society, education, and our culture and consider what you hear, and use the philosophy to facilitate change.
Well, hi again, everybody, and welcome back to Anti-Bullying 101. We have been in the process of covering the new three R's, which I wrote 15 years ago, the new three R's in education, respect, responsibility, and relationships. And we right now are on chapter nine. There's 10 chapters in the book. We're getting close to the end now. And we're going to be covering a section that deals with parents. Now, what I want us to understand here, if you're a teacher, is that if you're dealing with a parent who could be a bully, who could uh, be defending their kid to the hilt, who's argumentative, who always engages you in power struggles, that parent has matured physically but not emotionally. So we almost have another kid that we're dealing with. And believe it or not, some of the some of the things that you can do with that parent are very similar to what you might do with one of your students. That you have to be fair, firm, consistent, you have to make sure that you get your facts straight. You want to make sure that uh, you're not intimidated uh, by the parent, which is hard to do. And we have to understand once again who we are in dealing with this situation because oftentimes what will happen is we'll end up in a confrontation with the parent and we won't know how to get out of it. In other words, we put ourselves on the battlefield and we don't know how to get off. So there are steps that you can take for managing this parent. I'm going to go over them. Now, what I'm going to cover toward the end of this is how to deal with an irate parent when they come in and maybe you're taken by surprise. And I am going to include a YouTube link in the episode description where you can view a um, demonstration on how to deal with an irate parent when they come into the room and maybe you're not ready for them. So you'll have that YouTube video at your disposal and you can take a look at it. But right now, what I want us to understand is whether it's between a teacher and the student or between the teacher and the parent, the struggle creates a very uncomfortable situation for all parties involved. Now, we're going to have power struggles with our kids. It's going to happen with our students. And we know it, and we try to seek out ways to try and prevent it and manage them in the most effective way possible when they occur in the classroom. But power struggles with parents are much more uncomfortable for the teacher and can create fear, anxiety, tension, and pressure. If teachers engage in one or two of them and manage them incorrectly, they'll lose their confidence in managing future struggles. And they'll also lose respect for the pa- lose the respect of the parent, and they're going to have further difficulty with the parent's 
child who is in the classroom. That's a biggie. Because if you get involved in a situation where you're managing, where you're managing um, a difficult kid, and that parent comes in and they're equally as difficult, that parent goes home and gives that kid more clout when he comes back into your classroom because he knows now that he has mom or dad sticking up for him and mom or dad has their back. And that's what we cannot let happen. Now, here's a few things that we can do. If, if parents have poor communication skills themselves and are used to getting what they want by raising their voice and using that volume to intimidate, that's exactly what they're going to do during a parent-teacher meeting. So the very first thing as a teacher that we want to overcome is the fear of being yelled at. And only you know in your lifetime how you managed it when someone yelled at you. It may have happened when you were a kid by a teacher, by another adult, or by your own parents, but the uncomfortability that occurs because of the volume of someone's voice is something that you have to deal with. A barking dog never bites. Someone who is screaming at you and confronting you is doing so to try and in, trying to intimidate you to get you to back down and give them their way. Sometimes parents can make us feel like we're five years old when we're involved with them. And if you're a young teacher, and by that I mean in your 20s, having a, an older parent come in and start to raise their voice when you're not used to it or you've never dealt with it or you fear it can be a big problem. Now, if the parent is on the attack and is becoming abusive, or they're becoming insulting and really just absolutely rude, you can use this statement. I am sorry. I am not used to being spoken to this way. Please calm down or we'll have to have this meeting at another time. Now, usually that'll calm the parent down, but if it doesn't work and the parent continues to be disrespectful, politely end the meeting and dismiss yourself. If you are having this meeting with an administrator present, what you want to do is you want to speak with the administrator prior to the meeting and you want to let them know and you want to discuss this that if this parent becomes abusive you are going to expect them to dismiss you from that meeting if they are screaming at you. Or 
you're going to ask the admin, if you haven't discussed it, you're going to ask the administrator at the meeting, may I be excused? You can't just get up and walk out of the meeting because you could be accused of being insubordinate by your administrator and then you have another problem. That has to be arranged and you have to get permission to do that. Now, before the meeting, get all your facts straight and stick to them. Now, there's no question that there are kids that we just don't like and during the first few weeks of, of the school year, a teacher can usually determine what students are going to give them trouble. Knowing this, knowing this, keep a record of their behavior. The record should consist of behaviors that are observable and countable. In other words, you saw it, and it happened this many times. You have to have this. You have to have behaviors that are observable and countable. An example might be in your records would be, I asked him for his homework on uh, January 17th, and he responded, I could care less about any of your stupid work. You record each unacceptable comment or behavior. And during the conference, you refer to the records and read it to the parent. A person, a parent, whoever it is, a kid, they cannot argue with the facts. You can be sure that if this student has said these things to you, They've probably said it and said many similar things either to another teacher or to their own parent. And the parent knows this. And believe it or not, this parent is frightened of their own kid. Which is, you know, a joke unto itself. But the bottom line is many parents fear their own children. Now, during the conference, you want to listen and do not try to interrupt when the parent is in the middle of a tirade. I'll say that again. Don't try to interrupt when the parent is in the middle of a tirade. You're only going to be accused of being argumentative. Try to understand their position as wrong as it might be and remain calm. And try and figure out what the parent wants. And you can rephrase anything that the parent says and you can say, so if I do blank and blank, so if I give, if I change John's seat and I help him with homework uh, that he has not completed, that will solve the problem, right? Usually the parent will say yes. Then you can say, let me see if I can do that. 
Can I get back to you in a day or two? At this point, you are buying time. You're buying time. Remember, a supervisor may not be present at this point, but you're buying time to talk to the principal and to try and determine if this is something that you can do. When parents confront you alone, it becomes very difficult to make a decision because you're not clear if the decision that you make is going to fly with administration. If a struggle is something that you anticipate is going to happen, you want a principal present or a supervisor present. It's almost as if you need witnesses to this confrontation. Now, it's really important during a conference with an antagonistic parent that you develop rapport with them Basically, what you want to do is you want to look how the parent is sitting and try and match it yourself. And you want to follow the parent's body movements. Then you can adopt that movement yourself. It's a proven fact that physical rapport is developed before verbal rapport. And you want to match that body posture of the parent. And when you do that, the parent will relax and you will end up diffusing any initial tension that may exist between you and the parent. Now, lastly, be proactive. Don't wait for a struggle to occur. Work on these techniques when you're calm. And... You know, your, you know your own personality and know that confrontations make you feel uncomfortable. Rehearse lines. Practice getting into physical rapport with someone who will work with you. You could do it with your spouse, with your kids. You could make it part of your everyday activities. You're going to need this. Now, if you try them, you're going to discover that these conferences will go a little more smoothly. Now, as I said, I have placed um, the, the video for unplanned parent conferences. You will have, that'll be in the episode description, you can see how this works if you watch the video. The point that I'm going to, the other point that I'm just going to go over very quickly before I uh, move on to something else is how you can manage successful parent-teacher conferences. And that would be a planned conference during back-to-school night or during, you know, conference night or an individual conference that you know is not going to be confrontational. And it's very simple. Number one, understand what you're going to talk about. And can you express yourself objectively? Do you have documentation to support your concerns? Are you ready to listen and to understand as much as you want to be understood? 
Do you understand the process of physical rapport? And do you have work samples available for review to support any concerns that you might have? Number six, do you have a behavioral log? As I just mentioned, that's important for everybody. Can you overcome objections without becoming defensive? And something that's very, very concrete, is your classroom neat and organized? Because the disorganization in a classroom when you have a parent meeting is a no-no. And are you ready to make suggestions that will help the child improve academically and behaviorally? And do you know Do you know how to end a parent conference on a positive note? If you can do all of this, you'll have a successful conference. The conference that you can view on YouTube is one that is unplanned where a parent comes in and is on the attack for something that happened, you know, during the day or the day before. Let me explain something to you. You may say or do something to a student that you don't even know affected them. You don't even know. You just do it. And you have no idea, you know, how that kid is going to react. But deep down somewhere, you have a feeling that there's going to be a problem. Deep down, you know something is going to go wrong here. Be ready for either a phone call, a meeting, something. Because these kids today have no respect for adults. And, you know, you can say something, they'll go home and tell their parents before you know it, you're on the hot seat. I know myself, if I went home and told my mother or my father that the teacher made a a comment to me, as my guidance counselor did when he said, hey, you're not going to college, look at your grades. I felt bad about the fact that he told me that, but I, you know, the problem was I agreed with him. You think I'm going to go home and tell my father that? My father would get on me. He's not going to get on the guidance counselor. That doesn't happen today. Something gets said, the kid goes home, tells his mother, tells his father, okay, and they put you on the hot seat as the teacher. This is the way the world is working. It is politics by deviance. That's all I can tell you. And it's something that we have to be aware of. Because if we're not, we're going to get caught off guard every time. Now, understand something. We don't know how parents were raised, and we don't know 
how they reacted, and I'm ruffling papers here, excuse me, and we don't know, you know, what their reaction was to their their own mother or father. They may still be angry at their own mother or father. They may be bitter. They may have angry bones from abuse, from neglect. We don't know. But understand this. Anyone who was a victim can become a bully. And you're dealing with young parents, and if they were victimized, the chances are they're looking for someone to take that anger and that rage out on. It's, it is the absolute idea that people who are engaged in neglectful, abusive relationships, they have to finish it with someone. They may get married and try and finish it with their husband or wife. But they're always looking for someone to finish the relationship with because they don't have the nerve, they don't have the ability to finish it with the person that it was started with, which most times is mom or dad. So they come to school, okay, and they want to finish it with you. They want to take that anger out on you. So the idea here is parents can be bullies too. And teachers who lose control of their classrooms usually do so because of the behavior of one or two students. And many times the parents of these students have the ability to instill fear and intimidation into the teacher And in their own way, they bully the teacher. The scenario is all too familiar. A student who gets bullied, a student who is a bully, gets reported by the victim to the teacher. Now, oftentimes the teacher won't see the, the bullying behavior, but they're concerned about the report and believe it warrants a phone call home. The teacher calls home and is immediately placed on the defensive by the parent. The parent begins to react to the teacher's phone call and ask the following question. Did you actually see my child bully someone else? And of course, your answer has to be, no, you didn't see it. It was reported to you by another student. Are you calling my son or daughter a liar? How do you know it was my child? Or what did the other kid do to my son or daughter? After the teacher catches their breath and tries to respond, the parent then starts with comments such as these. I heard your whole class is out of control. My son or daughter has told me that you don't like him or her. My child told me he was bullied last week and you didn't do anything about it. The parent then ends the conversation by saying the following, unless you have some proof that my child bullied another student, don't call me again, and then hangs up abruptly. The next day, 
that child comes to school and believe it or not has more clout than before and continues the bullying behavior. At that point, the level of fear and intimidation starts to well up in, inside the teacher who now wonders what to do if there is another report from the victim that the bullying is occurring again by the same kid as before. As before. And this is a serious problem because if in fact it happens again, you have to determine what you're going to do. You already were on the phone with an abusive parent the day before. You want to call them again? So what usually happens is the teacher does everything to avoid making that phone call to the parent and begins to ignore the bully. And they ignore the bullying behaviors and slowly they start to surrender their authority in the classroom to the bully. And some of the victims that are in that classroom have to sink or swim on their own and they have to go to school every day filled with fear. And amazingly, the teacher starts to see the victim as the problem. And if the victim says that he or she's been bullied, sometimes the comment might be, stop being such a tattletale, go back to your seat. What's even worse is that the teacher disciplines everyone else in the classroom, but not the bully. Not the bully. And the rest of the class begins to see the teacher as siding with the bully. And the teacher appears to be agreeing with the bullying behavior. And by default, that's what's actually happening. A teacher, an administrator, a school district needs to deal with bullying parents. Victims will be left standing alone with no protections if teachers buckle under the pressure of bullying parents. This is critical, my friends, to understand. It's critical to understand. We're going to be right back, right after this message from our sponsor. Anti-Bullying 101 is brought to you by Bark. Technology that keeps your kids safer online and in real life. You wouldn't give your kid a bike without a helmet and you wouldn't let them drive a car without wearing a seatbelt. So don't give them a smartphone, tablet, or laptop without the number one safety solution on the market. Bark. Bark monitors over 30 social media platforms, including YouTube, text messages, email accounts, browser history, and more. That's four times more than any other child monitoring app. And Bark alerts you via text and email when your child has encountered problematic content. You'll get automatic alerts to signs of cyberbullying, depression, online predators, adult content, and more, along with the best recommended next steps for how to address. Trusted by over 1,900 school districts nationwide, 
Bark is absolutely free for schools and $9 per family per month. So use the tech solution created by parents for parents and that keeps close to 5 million kids safer online. Visit www.bark.us now to start your free trial and see why parents and caregivers across the nation now have more peace of mind while letting their kids become responsible digital natives. That's www.bark, like a dog barks when a stranger approaches your house, .us. One more time, that's www.bark.us. Now, back to the show. Okay, we're back. Now, I've just covered this information with you. This is chapter 9 in the new 3Rs, which I wrote 15 years ago. What I want you to do is ask yourself, have things gotten worse since I wrote this information? And I think you will say yes resoundingly, because it has. We have parents who have not matured emotionally. They may have matured physically, but they have not matured emotionally. We have work to do there. We have an enormous battle ahead of us because as each generation passes, if we're young teachers, we may spend 40 years in the field. And as each generation passes, we have a new group of parents that come in that could be worse than they were 10 years ago. So we have to be on the lookout and be aware of this problem. It's critical. Parents who lack the new three R's, respect, responsibility, and relationships, and we have to be aware of bullying parents. Now, my name is Jim Burns. You've been listening to Anti-Bullying 101. Few things. You're going to see the YouTube video up on this episode, in the episode description. Click on it. You can watch a demonstration of how to deal with an irate parent. Number two, you're going to have uh, the ability to click on the book, to purchase the book, The New Three R's in Education. Okay, that will, uh, just the link will be right there in the episode description. You can click on that. The other thing is, I need donations to keep this podcast going. I'm going to ask you, there's going to be a little thing there that's going to say, please donate. Please donate. Please help me out with this. This podcast has reached thousands of people. And I want to keep it that way. And I want to keep moving forward. And I want to continue to have the time to be able to do it. But I need donations. So I'm asking you, I'm begging you, please help me out with this. Once again, my name is Jim Burns. Today is March 5th. I'm sitting here in New Jersey. It is an absolutely beautiful day. I'm looking out the window. The sky is just a beautiful blue. I don't know. Did we have a winter? I don't think we did. Not in New Jersey anyway. 
It, we only got a few flakes of snow, you know, and that was a while back. And I think we went right from fall right into spring. It is beautiful. It's a nice day outside today. Nice day for a walk, a little exercise. We're going to cover that topic in our next episode when we talk about in order to do all of this, to deal with the new three R's, we have to take care of ourselves first because we don't want to shoot or kill the goose that laid the golden egg. And always remember, folks, if you're working and you're providing, you are the goose and you're providing the golden egg. So what you want to do is take care of you, your family first. My name's Jim Burns. Beautiful day outside. But please always remember, regardless of the weather, you carry your own weather around with you. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you in the next episode. Take care, everybody.